This podcast may contain explicit language. This is the Dynasty Download Podcast. Welcome to the Dynasty Download, the show where we prove Dynasty League fantasy is the best form there is. I'm Tom Duncan. 2018 champ, Ethan Hamilton. And tonight we are previewing week 10 of the NFL Slate 2020. But first, a few housekeeping notes. If you would like to contact the show or have a question for us, please write us at DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. Again, that's DynastyDownload10 at gmail.com. Also, we are nearing the trade deadlines in everyone's leagues, and if you have a lineup or trade valuation question, please contact us. I live for this shit. I will stack my record this year against literally anyone's, including all of the people that actually get paid to do this shit. I just do it for fun. The amount of calls I have gotten right this year are pretty decently high, and our regular segment of things I get wrong should not deter you. I at least own my bad calls, unlike everyone else. So let's get into our Week 10 preview. What has you excited this week? I think there's a lot of really good games this week. The one I'm most excited about, too, is uh, Bills Cardinals, watching those two quarterbacks go up against each other. Bengals Steelers, that's always a fun matchup as well. So I'm excited for that. But in uh, uh, talking strictly about our, our league, I'm going up against the juggernaut this week. So I'm excited about that matchup that I have this week against King in the North. There are some really good divisional games going on this weekend. Eagles-Giants is a, a decent one where that that has some playoff implications, believe it or not. Buccaneers-Panthers, uh, Colts-Titans is on tonight, uh, Broncos-Raiders. You even have uh, the uh, Seahawks and the Rams. Bengals-Steelers, especially if Ben might be out for that one, we'll have more on that later. And then we finish off the week with Vikings-Bears, where those teams are kind of going in different directions at this point. So I think there's a lot to be said. There's also some pretty good quarterback matchups, which we're going to get to here in a second. Uh, You've got two rookie quarterbacks going against each other in Tua and Justin Herbert, as well as Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray. So I think there's a lot to be uh, had in this week if you're willing to look for it. So let's start off tonight with our Thursday night preview. Um, we're doing this just ahead of the game. So by the time you might be listening to this, you will likely know whether we're just dead wrong or dead right. <laughs> but uh, we'll be kind of, the game hasn't started yet. We're recording this about an hour ahead of time. So the the real story of this game is the Colts defense versus the Titans offense. It's the strength on strength of each team. And realistically, this is the first of two games. They get another one in two weeks, which will likely decide the division. So the question I more or less have, the so let's put it this way. As Derrick Henry goes, so does the Titans offense. He got pretty well shut down, but they somehow eked out a win with A.J. Brown last week good Bears defense, but the Colts' defense might even be better. Who are you expecting to win that uh, unstoppable force, immovable object matchup? You know, initially I was going to say Derrick Henry, but thinking at it, I was like, the only reason I say that is because he had a rough week last week. You know, he had a lot of carries for not very many yards and no touchdowns. Um, 21 carries for 68 yards. That's a pretty not great day for a Derrick Henry type. 
But then you, I did some digging, watching, looking at the Colts' defense and who they've played this week. You know, Dalvin Cook is the one that scored the most points on them this week, and it was 16 points. So I feel pretty good about the Colts' defense, um, especially on Thursday night games. You it, Typically, like, one team comes out super flat and one team looks really, really good. Um, so I'm going to take my chances on the Colts looking pretty, really, or looking pretty good tonight. So I'm going to go Colts' defense. That sounds great coming from my end. Uh, I have both the Colts defense and Rodrigo Blankenship in my redraft league this this week, so I could use uh, the extra points if if and when they come. I would tend to agree that the defense usually wins some of these match or most of these matchups, but I, I would hearken that with a division opponent and anything is up in the air. So this is going to be a curious one to watch, and I, I think. I think this one will be close. The money line is currently even, so we'll see what happens when it comes to that one tonight. But I, I think if you're starting any of the Colts players, it's likely that you're starting their defense or their kicker and probably nobody else. As far as the Titans, I don't know if this is a good Brian Tannehill week, but you're probably starting A.J. Brown and you're um, starting Derrick Henry, of course. Uh, one quick mention, apparently uh, Corey Davis lost his brother this week. He will be playing with a heavy heart. Uh, his brother was in his mid-20s, is also a wide receiver, and uh, died of cancer this week. So uh, since he is a mainstay on this show, um, we just send our thoughts and prayers to him. Yeah, I did not know that. That sucks. Yeah, thoughts and prayers for Corey Davis. Uh, by all accounts, seems like a very good kid and just has kind of had kind of an up and down stay in the NFL so far. But we wish him the best tonight uh, playing with a heavy heart. So uh, before we get to the Sunday and Monday night game, uh, let's just quickly wrap up the bye weeks. This is the second to last week with buys. Uh, next week will be the last week where anyone is on a bye and we really turn our attention at that point to the playoffs. But Falcons, Cowboys, Chiefs and Jets. Uh, three of those teams you might have players worth starting on, and then there's the Jets. Uh, all right, let's go. Texans at Browns. Nick Chubb is likely to be back for this game. David Johnson is likely out. He's still going through the concussion protocol. So this is a matchup of two younger, uh, at one time promising quarterbacks. Uh, Deshaun Watson has clearly proven that uh, it was not just hype early on in his career. Baker Mayfield has gone the other way. But the Browns did better when they had Nick Chubb, and they could really out-physical teams. The Houston defense is atrocious in both the passing and running games this season. So let's just say on a week-to-week -week basis, I think this is a little bit closer of a question, but it may still give us the same answer, uh, which most people would th be thinking is obvious. Baker Mayfield or Deshaun Watson has the bigger game tonight. Um, this one, uh, actually, I, I had to think about a little bit. My initial reaction was Baker Mayfield, but the Browns can still do pretty decent without Baker Mayfield. The Texans need Deshaun Watson, um, and he has been balling these last couple of weeks. So I'm going to go Deshaun Watson. I think that he has a better game. Um, and unfortunately, I play against him this week, so not too good of a game, but I think he has a better game than Baker Mayfield. I think the Browns are going to want to set the tone on the ground with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb coming out of their bye week from last week. They are also likely to have Austin Hooper back, so they're probably going to play multiple tight end sets and try and really set the tone that way. Whereas 
Uh, I don't think that Houston is capable of running the ball with Duke Johnson at this point. So it's uh, very likely that they're going to be throwing a lot of the time. And uh, both Brandon Cooks and Will Fuller have had a lot of great weeks recently. Will Fuller's caught a touchdown in six straight games. So I look for that to probably be the case again, where he's got to try and will them to a win uh, against a you know, decently tough Browns team and on the road. So I, I look for Watson to probably have the bigger game just out of game script and how the Browns are going to want to play the game. Uh, Washington at the Lions. Uh, Kenny Galladay is likely out for this game. Uh, he still has not yet been called as we're sitting on Thursday night. Alex Smith is going to be starting at quarterback for the first time in two years after Kyle Allen and his gruesome uh, knee leg uh um, i think ankle, ankle. it was an yeah ankle. I, I don't know but whatever thing that made his foot turn in a, the wrong direction essentially um it was just disgusting but uh we expect most of the rest of these guys to play uh other than kenny galladay so i'm gonna offer this up uh adrian peterson was playing for uh the washington football team up until the beginning of uh the preseason now we have Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick uh, pretty much going full bore as more or less receiving backs uh, for this team. They haven't really been able to successfully run the ball all that well. DeAndre Swift has come along and been a better player, but you basically have four guys that have touched people starting lineups at one time or another. If I were to offer you any of these four guys, which would you start this week? Um, this week, I'm going to start Antonio Gibson. Uh, Detroit is really, really, really bad against the run. He's also been an above-average runner, better than I thought he was going to be, honestly, coming out as well this this year. Um, he had a pretty decent week. He had a pretty good week, actually, last week, and then a really good week the week before that. Um, the only thing with him is like he doesn't he's not killing it in the rushing game. Um, he's only gone over 100 yards once, gone over 55 yards twice. But he get, he does get a decent amount of touchdowns, and his work in the receiving um, game is really his bright spot. So I'm going to go Antonio Gibson. I think you're spot on that Detroit's defense is worse against the run, but I don't know if this game comes down to it. I think these are two teams that really like to pass the football the majority of the time. And this might be uh, a game controlled by whichever running back gets the most dump off passes. We traditionally know that Alex Smith likes to check down the ball a ton. And J.D. McKissick has already been the beneficiary of most of these check down passes. So I'm going to go with McKissick just because I think he's been averaging somewhere between six to nine receptions per game. And with Alex Smith in there that he could end up being um, an Austin Eckler type uh, going forward for that team uh, into the playoffs. And given the schedule that the Washington football team has, I think he could be a dark horse, like big time sleeper in the fantasy playoffs as we go along. Jaguars at Packers. The Packers are favored by almost two touchdowns in this game, 13 and a half points. The Jaguars are still starting Jake Luton at quarterback after Gardner Minshew has had multiple fractures in his throwing thumb. Aaron Jones seems to be back to full strength. He's been practicing most of this week. Jamal Williams is off the COVID list, and the Jacksonville defense is one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Unfortunately, so are the Packers. So this is featuring two of the best running backs in the league 
uh, fantasy-wise, James Robinson and Aaron Jones. Who do you think has a bigger game? I'm going to go Aaron Jones has a bigger game, and because of what you said, and it's the spread. I think game script is going to help Aaron Jones a little bit, but we've also seen that he's not really getting as much work as he got last year. I know he's still coming off of the calf injury, um, but last week, you know, we saw him heavy early and then not too much later on in the game. I think because of the extra couple days, they're going to use him a little bit more, and just because the Packers are going to be up quick i think they're going to use him especially um so i'm going to go aaron jones i think this comes down to a question of whether aaron jones is fully healthy or not because i could see them splitting carries the packers have said for basically two years uh jamal williams was kind of hurt last year which is what forced them into using aaron jones as much as they did and why he ended up becoming a fantasy stud last season but aaron jones they want to limit his touches so that he's more readily available for the playoffs They've had kind of a week and a half because they played last Thursday. And so you would expect him to have had probably basically three, two and a half to three weeks of uh, true rest on that strained calf, which didn't seem like a big deal early on at the time. But I would guess uh, now that he's not had as many carries, if he's fully healthy, that the Packers will commit a lot of attention to uh, getting him involved and running the ball a lot more just so that he's back up to speed for when they need him down the stretch here uh, as we look on through November, December, and obviously into January with the Packers being one of the top teams in the NFC. Eagles at Giants. Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, Elshon Jeffrey, and Miles Sanders all seemed like they're going to be back this week. Uh, The Eagles might have their full complement of guys, save for Deshaun Jackson and Zach Ertz, for basically the first time since about week one, coming off, I think, did they have a bye last week? I can't remember. Yes. I the think Eagles they did. did, yes. Yep. You would expect them to probably come out a little bit hot. The Giants uh, have won two games, both against the Washington football team this season, and I don't know what their long-term prospect is, but they've been in a lot of tight games against the Steelers, against the Buccaneers. You might expect them to play above their weight class a little bit. So this is featuring two of the younger up-and-coming tight ends that have been of particular interest on this show. So who has the bigger game, Dallas Goddard or Evan Ingram? I'm taking Evan Ingram, and it's for everything that you said earlier. Um, The Eagles are getting healthier. A lot more of the playmakers are coming back. Um, So I just think that just takes food out of Dallas Goddard's mouth, if you will. Evan Ingram is that offense now. I mean, he's in the top three for targets for tight ends. Um, I think he had 10 targets last game, and he's been very, very productive. It's just he plays on a really, really shitty team. Maybe not productive this year, but in his career so far, when healthy, he is uh, he's a top 10 tight end when healthy and when he has the right complement of people around him. I also just don't think he's been used properly this year. Um, But I think Evan Ingram has a bigger game just because he's going to get more opportunity. I agree with absolutely everything you said, and yet I would never bet anything on Evan Ingram to perform, so I'm going to go Dallas Goddard. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. That's the crazy (laughs) shit about it. Like, you know, because I agree. You know, Evan Ingram's on my team, and we know what he's done in the past, right? And there's just something about it this year where 
and I don't even think it's him. I think it's what they're asking him to do. I don't think the scheme is really for him because um, he's not your typical tight end. He's more of a wide receiver playing a tight end. So they're using him a lot more like off of like jet sweeps and stuff like that. So they're starting to get to that point. But yeah, I Evan Ingram probably had the best game so far this season last week. And I think he had 10 or 13 points or something like that. So I'm still going Evan Ingram, though. <laughs> Just think about this. When they were in college or when Evan Ingram is, was in college, the two wide receivers flanking him were A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Right. Right. That that's flipping scary. I know. And he was still he was still getting, you know, his oh, he was while producing. they were on the field. Absolutely. You know, he's an incredible talent. It's just he plays for the Giants. That's the problem. Well, and the fact that he drops the ball constantly. <laughs> Buccaneers at Panthers, uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown all seem to be capable of playing this week. Unfortunately, we got news that it sounds like Christian McCaffrey is going to be at least out for this weekend, but uh, we got news this morning he will possibly be back next week. So this is featuring two quarterbacks who are more pocket passers who have had decent years so far in kind of a tough matchup for both. Which do you expect to come out on top? Bigger game for Teddy Bridgewater or Tom Brady? I'm going to go Tom Brady because revenge. You know, he looked so goddamn bad on national television last week. Um, It's another week where he's got all three of his wide receivers all healthy. Another week where they can kind of just be together, kind of get on the same page. Because you saw last week, too, there was a couple throws where he was forcing the ball to Antonio Brown, and they just weren't on the same page. Antonio Brown, I think, ran a curl on one, and Tom wanted him to keep running and resulted on one of the interceptions. So... I just think the more time that these guys have, the better they'll be. And I think Tom Brady is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater as well. So I'm going to go Tom Brady. I think Brady has a better matchup, but it's not really that far away. I think the Carolina defense is a little better than people give it credit for. Their secondary has really started to gel in the last, you know, four or five weeks. And I think that we're still consistent on this show, at least, of saying that Tom Brady is inconsistent on offense. I don't know. I I don't care how many great players they have playing with him. I still have my doubts about the Buccaneers being able to put up maximum points against even a credible defense if they try and uh, get away with what they did last week, which was not running the football. So I think this game is going to be controlled by the ground games. And unfortunately, with McCaffrey out, uh, I think the Panthers are going to um, suffer a lot. Although I think the way to beat the Buccaneer defense is clearly through the air, if you can do so. The Panthers are going to be at home. This is kind of a weird matchup. And uh, the one piece or the X factor that I haven't seen yet is I don't know the status of Levante David. I think he dramatically changes what the Panthers are going to be capable of doing on the ground and how they set up the rest of their offense if he's out. Frankly, if he misses any significant time for the Buccaneers, that's incredibly bad news for their defense because I think he's he could be competing for Defensive Player of the Year if uh, he had been healthy all, all year and he got hurt in last week's game, although they were getting pretty well shelled by that point against the Saints. So Broncos at Raiders. 
I have not yet seen any indication of practice uh, ability for Noah Fant. He injured his ankle last week. Uh, We talked about it the other day on the show that after about the first drive, uh, he just was not quite the same, even though he returned to the game. You would think that because he returned to the game and he played throughout that uh, he might be able to make a go at this. Uh, Obviously, Noah Fant and Darren Waller have been two of the better tight ends in fantasy this year. Darren Waller is probably the best tight end matchup for the week in a week where Travis Kelsey is on a bye and George Kittle is out for pretty much the rest of the season. So uh, the Broncos have obviously surged in their last two fourth quarters, winning one and the other one falling just short. But this is also featuring two teams that drafted two Alabama wide receivers in the early teens of this year's draft. So out of the two big rookie wide receivers, Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, who ends up having the bigger game? I'm going Jerry Judy, and it's not even close for me. Um, I think his breakout game was last week. Um, He looked incredible. He's a better route runner. He's just an all-around better receiver than Henry Ruggs. And I've been banging on the table about Henry Ruggs since day one. He's really, really fast. But other than that, nothing about him impresses me. Not his route running, not his ability to go up and get the ball, nothing like that. He's kind of just a Deshaun Jackson type without the possession type of skills that Deshaun Jackson has. Jerry Judy is the real deal. Between him and C.D. Lamb, they're going to be battling for who's going to be the number one wide receiver um, in the league in a couple of years because I think they're that damn good. So I'm going Jerry Judy, and I don't really think it's close for me. If I may make a slight adjustment on your comparison, I think he's very much like Deshaun Jackson other than Deshaun Jackson – was um, an early recipient of the Andy Reid offense, and so he got a little bit more um, variety in the amount of touches he was getting. Henry Ruggs has been limited by the fact that this offense really doesn't feature him, and it doesn't try and get him the balls in any or the ball in any creative ways. So ultimately, I think he is a talent that could be on par with somebody like Tyreek Hill, although he's not quite as fast. But they just don't have any ways of getting getting him into space or being creative. And I think the Raiders do that to their own detriment. And simply put, I think this question is about volume. I think you're completely right that Jerry Judy's just clearly going to get bigger volume. And if that's going to be the case, I'll take the guy that has more opportunities to shine than the guy who has to put it together with less. But that's my attitude towards fantasy in general every single day, every single week, and every single season. Let's move on to Chargers at Dolphins. Two rookie starters that we already mentioned, Tua versus Herbert, but we also have a pair of decent wide receivers in this game, uh, Devontae Parker and Mike Williams. Which do you think ends up having the bigger game from their rookie quarterback? Oh, man. Um, Miami, they're kind of middle of the road for against wide receivers and quarterbacks. Um in L.A., they're really bad against quarterbacks. So that would make me want to say Devontae Parker. But what I've seen from Justin Herbert and what I've seen him bring out of Mike Williams, I think this could be a match made in heaven for a long time. Um, so I'm going to go Mike Williams just because I think Herbert is that good. Tua, he's still a rookie. Um, and I know Herbert is still a rookie, but you know, Tua is like a fresh, fresh rookie. Um, this is going to be, what, his second start, I think? Third. So I just third. So I, Herbert, he's seen a little bit more. He's obviously got a little bit more on tape and um, teams have tried to stop him in different ways. 
Tua kind of went off last week, so he's going to see a little bit something that he probably hasn't seen ever before. Um, so I'm going Justin Herbert, and I'm going Mike Williams. I would tend to go in the same direction. Uh, you and I are in fair agreement a lot on this particular episode. Yeah. Justin <laughs> Herbert's just been around the block a little bit more. Obviously, Tua has not had the same time frame that Herbert has had, uh, but he wasn't thrust into a week two game after the weird situation with Tyrod Taylor. Now, I also think Mike Williams is a little bit more of an established veteran wide receiver uh, than Devontae Parker, who only really figured it out last season. And here's the other X factor to this. Mike Williams is not the only receiving option on the Chargers, whereas Devontae Parker kind of is. Preston Williams may not play in this game. Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry are definitely playing in this game. Justin Herbert has a lot more opportunities to get the ball out to other people. And as a result, I don't think that Mike Williams is going to be drawing as much coverage. But ultimately, I think this is a game for uh, the Ste- or excuse me, the Chargers to put up more stats, but that the Dolphins will probably win. Bills at Cardinals, Josh Allen versus Kyler Murray, another great quarterback matchup that we uh, mentioned already. Kenyon Drake is practicing this week, but we have a marriage of top quarterbacks and top number one wide receivers this week. So ultimately, do you feel like Nuck and uh, Kyler Murray are going to end up having more points or Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen? This one made me think a little bit. You know, Arizona is above average against both quarterbacks and wide receivers. Uh, Buffalo is pretty average against uh, quarterbacks, but they are extremely good against wide receivers. Uh, what's the name of the quarterback or cornerback? Last name White. Tredavious, right? Yep. I imagine that he will be following Nuke around uh, very often today, uh, or I'm sorry, on Sunday. Um, so, you know, the way Kyler Murray does things with his legs and also now the emergence of uh, Christian Kirk as well, now that he's healthy, turning into a wide receiver that we all thought and hoped that he would be, I think. Kyler Murray is going to score a lot of points just because he's a really, really good quarterback and he's got multiple ways of doing things. Um, I don't know if Nuke is going to help him out as much. With Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, they're kind of like intertwined together. They do have John Brown now healthy, and he had a pretty good game last week. So I think that helps Josh Allen, but I just think Kyler Murray's legs are better than Josh Allen's legs. So for that reason, I'm going to go Nuke Hopkins and Kyler Murray. I'm going to go in the same direction, but not from the same argument. I think okay. it's a pretty good wash when it comes to their passing game and Diggs versus Nuck, as, unless it's like a touchdown thing, but you can't count on that. I think the real difference in who's going to score more points is who's going to rush for more yards. And I think the Bills' defense is not very good against the run. So I think that the Cardinals have been designing a lot more runs for Kyler Murray in the recent past and i would expect for him to have another big game on the ground uh possibly getting in the end zone again as a a rusher so for me that pretty much puts it over the top but this is a closer matchup than some people might think uh seahawks at rams is our next game up seahawks with a historically bad passing defense chris carson is still a game time decision carlos hyde is probably not and he is probably out yet again uh, Darrell Henderson Jr. has still not practiced yet this week, 
But the real story of the game is going to end up being the Seahawks' bad passing defense, um, which just about anybody and their um, decrepit mother could put up stats against, versus a really good Seahawks wide receiver group that has been putting up numbers all year. Now, the Rams are no posers. They have decent wide receivers themselves that in the last couple of years have been stellar. So ultimately, more points from the Seahawks wide receiver group or the Rams' wide receiver group? You know, top to bottom, I think the Seahawks wide receivers are better than the Rams wide receivers. You know, you take DK over Robert Woods or Cooper, and I think you take Tyler Lockett at least over Cooper Cup. I think it's pretty close with Robert Woods. But the Rams are playing the Seahawks. And the Seahawks are so gosh dang bad. Like, it's unbelievable. So I'm going to take the Rams wide receivers. But I think the Seahawks wide receivers are better than the Rams wide receivers. It's just the Seahawks defense is so bad. So bad. Let's take it from an uh, an additional angle that I'm going to add on to your piece of that. I think that the Seahawks wide receivers are more talented. I think they have a more talented quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. But the simple fact is, is also the Rams' defense is more talented uh, than the Seattle defense on top of it. I mean, they might have one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Now, Marcus Peters, or excuse me, not Marcus Peters, Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. That was yeah. last year already. Gosh, I'm, that that might be my uh, Oakland Raiders plug. <laughs> anyway, Jalen Ramsey has not been shadowing most of this season, but the Rams have actually been really good with their pass defense. So I think if I was pushed into a decision, given the fact that Darrell Henderson may or may not play in this game, I think the Rams' wide receivers are a good bet to get actually a pretty good game out of Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, maybe a Tyler Higbee. Maybe they finally give a breakout to Van Jefferson, and uh, we see where we're at from there. 49ers at Saints. Debo is apparently a game-time decision. Brandon Ayuk is off the COVID list. George Kittle, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tevin Coleman, and Raheem Mostert are all still out and on the IR at the moment. Michael Thomas came back last week. Alvin Kamara is still a top number one running back. And we really don't expect the Saints to uh, allow the 49ers to keep up with them most of the game. So the place of interest in this game is pretty much how the Saints kind of adapt in week two, since they didn't have a lot of uh, need to uh, push their offense forward last week against Tampa, given how big they were up in that game pretty early. So I think the interesting conundrum in this game, now that Michael Thomas is back, he clearly set the uh, single-season record for catches last season, and the leading receiver on their team has been Alvin Kamara to this point. Who ends up with more catches, Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara, in this game? I'm going to go Michael Thomas, and I'm going Michael Thomas because... Warner is going to be covering Alvin Kamara. His first name is Fred, right? Yes. Yeah. Fred Warner is going to be covering Alvin Kamara. And he, I think, he's the best at least coverage linebacker in the league, for sure. Watching him play against the Packers was so eye-opening and so fun to watch how good he really was. And I don't think the 49ers, as as a cornerback unit, I don't think they have anyone that can really stop Michael Thomas. But I think Fred Warner can stop Elvin Kamara, or at least contain him, much like he was contained last week. So I'm going Michael Thomas. I think they were trying to feature more guys into the offense last week and really spread the ball out, which was why even though Kamara got um, several catches, they were all very short. His yardage was not very much. So I would expect for them to really try and feature Michael Thomas and work him back into the offense now that they're 
one of the front runners for tops in the NFC at this point, trying to push for that one bye week if we end up getting it and don't go to this eight-team playoff that they just uh, kind of created. Uh, the As far as Fred Warner, it, it's still interesting to me that uh, until about midway through last season, he was a backup. Only because of injury did he get thrust into the starting lineup and then just never gave up his job. And he's clearly one of the best linebackers in football. I think even as much that Aaron Rodgers mentioned it last week after that game that he thought he was one of the best in the league. And I think he's kind of taken over for uh, Bobby Wagner as kind of one of the the top guys. To me, the top two middle linebackers in the league at this point are Levante David and or, excuse me, inside linebackers, Levante David and Fred Warner. Let's move to Bengals at Steelers. Obviously, we've mentioned already that Ben Roethlisberger may be a close call in whether or not he can even play in this game. If he does, it'll be much like Matthew Stafford last week, who was cleared on Sunday morning and basically only got practice as much as he could do on Zoom from a uh, secluded hotel room. The Steelers are relatively healthy everywhere else, however, And Joe Mixon is limited in practice this week. He may possibly come back, although it's more likely he's next week. So we feature two wide receiver groups that have been pretty good and had a lot of depth with multiple guys uh, going off for big weeks at any one game at a time. So bigger game for you, though, out of these two possession receivers on these two teams, Juju Smith-Schuster, who had a decent last couple of weeks, or Tyler Boyd, who's had some really big weeks. Um, this for me is all if Ben plays, um, but I'm going to go Juju. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with, I think I was saying it a couple weeks ago, Juju is not a number one wide receiver in this league. I think we found that out. Um, he's much better as a number two. Um, and he is that now. I mean, not necessarily a number two, but, um, he's got plenty of people now, um, in his wide receiver room that could go off at any time as well and chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. Um, so I think that just helps Juju um, as a wide receiver. Uh, with Tyler Boyd, you know, you got T. Higgins, you got A.J. Green, um, who isn't having a typical, you know, your A.J. Green type of year, but he's having a productive year. But I just think Juju's better. Um, I think with Ben playing, we saw that Ben spreads the ball out to everybody. So Juju's going to get his his targets. There, That's not going to be an issue. Um, So I'm going Juju Smith-Schuster. I'm going to go Tyler Boyd. I think this is a game that the Bengals are going to be throwing a lot. And this really is assuming health at the quarterback position for all involved. But if the Steelers end up throwing, I think it's going to be a lot to the outside and not to the interior. Juju Smith-Schuster has been playing a lot out of the slot uh, this year, which is his predominant position. So... I I would guess that that's uh, where he's going to be this week yet again. And even though he's done well the last couple of weeks, I just there there's this inclination I get that Boyd is about ready to go for uh, another big week and that uh, it's going to be the opposite for Smith Schuster this week for whatever reason. I don't know. I can't really place my finger on it. It's kind of an intangible quality, but that's Tom's Tom's intuition, huh? Something like that. Let's move to Ravens at Patriots. Mark Ingram is possibly back this week. Damian Harris is limited in practice uh, after he got injured near the end of their game on Monday night against the Jets. Julian Edelman and Sony Michelle are still on the IR, but this game really comes down to its two quarterbacks. 
Lamar Jackson, who coming off of his MVP season was projected to do so much and has really disappointed most of his fantasy owners this year, especially if you drafted him early, which you probably had to do, especially in redraft leagues. Cam Newton, who we were very promised on after that Seahawks game, is really disappointed after that fact. Now, part of that might be due to his uh, weird schedule with COVID and everything else that went into that. But these two are probably some of the more featured running quarterbacks of the last uh, several years. So ultimately, who redeems themselves and has a bigger game, Cam or Lamar? Man, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson, and the only reason I'm saying that is because he's playing the Patriots. The Patriots obviously aren't the Patriots that we know and love to hate. A lot of guys hurt. A lot of guys opted not to play this week or this year. And we also don't know, too, if Cam is at 100%. You know, with COVID, you kind of don't know when you get back to 100%. You know, I know he didn't fight too many symptoms and everything like that, but I've known a lot of people that have gotten over this nasty virus and a lot of them weeks, months later still don't feel like themselves. So we really don't know how Cam is doing. So we got to give him the benefit of the doubt with that. But Lamar, he's playing against a really bad Patriots team. Their defense isn't awful, but I just think he's going to have the ball a lot because the offense isn't going to, the Patriot offense isn't going to go very far. So I'm just going to go Lamar Jackson. I'm going to go that way the exact same reasons, and then I'm going to add in that the Ravens' defense is really good, and he's going to be short on options, whereas Lamar, even though he's disappointed, has been featured or has most of his guys healthy. So I think it's just simply a matter of stacking up the cards, and one side is a little bit heavier than the other. It really shouldn't be more complicated than that. Let's move to our last game of the week, the Monday night football game, the Vikings at the Bears. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin, who has been lighting up fantasy teams for the last two weeks, is going to be facing a very tough Bears defense that only allowed 68 yards to the current, uh, well, I think he was the current uh, NFL rushing leader at the time, Derrick Henry. David Montgomery is currently in the concussion protocol, so we really don't know who's going to be starting at running back for the Bears this week. And the Vikings' defense has been improving steadily over the course of the season, which I expected them to do under Mike Zimmer. These are two teams that are kind of going in opposite directions. The Bears have lost a couple of very close games against some decent teams, the Titans and the Saints. But the Vikings have slowly been improving. They won a a uh, really tough game against the Packers in Green Bay, and then one in Detroit. So ultimately, I'm going to make this kind of fun because Dalvin has been so extraordinary. Would you think that Dalvin has more points than Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Allen Robinson, and Jimmy Graham combined? Man, that's so tough. <laughs> The fact that it's tough tough is exactly why it's fun. Yeah, I mean, Dalvin has gone crazy the last two weeks. And over the last five weeks, he's been on arguably one of the greatest tears since LaDainian Tomlinson at the running back position. But everything you said about the Bears defense um, makes me want to pause a little bit on it. Um, So instead of going Dalvin, I'm going to take the field. I think you're nuts not to take the field given the matchup that it is and that you have four players, several of which have had pretty good years, that are all being combined in their point totals. So 
I, I thought it was a foolish question to a certain extent, but the fact that we even are asking it and there's a little bit of pause is really telling of how impressive Delvin's been, not only just the year, but the last few weeks. Yeah, right. uh, yeah. watching him do his thing, especially since he's being on my team, you know, it's fun to watch. And I need him big this week, too, so I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. You might need a Monday Night Miracle. <laughs> Underrated stud of the week. Uh, mine is Robert Woods versus the Seahawks defense. I We've already talked about it a couple of segments ago that I really expect – the uh, Seahawks defense to give up a lot of points. I think this is going to be kind of a shootout game. And Robert Woods has been teetering on the brink of some decent games. He had a really good game against, I think it was the Dolphins two weeks ago before their bye. Who is your underrated stud of the week? Um, If David Johnson doesn't play, I'm going to go Duke Johnson. Sheer opportunity. Probably a lot of people don't have him on his squad. Um, So he'll be slated to have pretty decent day of work um but if not duke johnson i'm also going to go jalen rager as well not just because i have him on my team but you know um he's healthy yeah exactly um he's healthier um this will be three weeks back now since the injury he had a bye week you know two weeks to get a game plan together and everything like that as well um i think he has a big game or a decent game not huge or anything like that but i I, i'm gonna go jalen rager as well Game of the week, I have the Seahawks and the Rams. Again, I think this is a potential shootout game, and the Seahawks have been incredibly entertaining most of the season. Just from an offensive standpoint, these games are usually fun as all hell. Ultimately, who is your game of the week? My game of the week is, I'm going to go Bills and Cardinals. And honestly, I'm picking that just because I want to watch these two quarterbacks go at it. If it's anything close to how fun it was watching Tua and Kyler last week, um, I'm going to get my popcorn ready and sit and watch this one. Do you honestly have popcorn? I I have some popcorn. It's not mine, though. It's my wife. She bought it. Yeah, I I wondered as much. (laughs) I think the only thing stranger for you to say was, is get my tea ready. Anyway, upset of the week. Yeah, upset of the week. Uh, I have Washington beating Detroit in Detroit. Uh, Currently, the Lions are favored by four and a half points. I don't like a lot of uh, upsets this week. Uh, I would not be betting heavily this week if if I were a betting man. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, the Seahawks are slight underdogs, but I'm going to go Chicago against Minnesota. I can't believe that Minnesota is favored uh, against Chicago at home too i just i don't think minnesota is that good but the way dalvin has been playing i guess that has a lot to do with the odds of what's going on but i'm gonna go chicago at home on monday one of the other ones i know this episode isn't gonna come out before that game but uh had we done this during the course of that game i'd really looked at the colts titans game because early on in the week the titans were favored by a couple of points but it's been bet down to even at this point so even that one, I think, has been kind of taken off the board as a uh, potential upset matchup. Uh, so let's just quickly go through our league matchup preview. Tom Terrific is taking on Dumpster Fire. Thankfully, in a week where he does not have Patrick Mahomes, he still has a shot at winning. <laughs> uh, but he's likely going to need uh, a couple of Monday Night Miracles since he has Viking wide receivers going uh, in this particular week. 
Akron Pros is playing Ed Winners, and this is really going to end up being kind of a play-in game uh, for playoff uh, ability. If Ed is able to make the playoffs from where he started and with that team, I think we almost have to give him like the equivalent of comeback player of the year. Uh, this is somewhat impressive that he's even in contention. Either that or it's really sad how much uh, Rogers Rabbits has had so many injury problems. Yeah, I mean, has really been tested this season. And yeah, I mean, I think between the COVID and the injuries and stuff, remember, like, I thought that Rogers Rabbits was going to take your guys' division, and you, you kind of thought the same thing, that he had the ability to do it. Um, I thought I picked him to win the league. Yeah, I think you might have. Honestly, I think you might have. So um, just bad luck, but he's going to have a top four draft pick on a team that good with as good of the running backs and as good of wide receivers that we got coming out next year. He's going to be just fine. Oh, I'm sure. It's just kind of unfortunate where uh, he's sitting. But Dynasty football team has taken on New Boot Goofin. Uh, probably pick up another win and continue to prove his um, – playoff credentials going forward king in the north versus should dynasty is probably the big matchup of the weekend the two division leaders taking each other on and uh i'm not sure who i'm rooting for in that one and finally ldh is taking on rogers rabbits ldh uh, after the dac injury has really done a good job of putting their roster together and uh, making this late push they're clearly a playoff team and it'll be interesting to see if they can pull an upset once we get there so that is it for us this week in preview. Thank you to all the listeners and Dynasty players out there. We do appreciate you. We will be back again next week to recap this weekend's action for you. But until then, everyone, please wear a mask. And also, good luck to everyone except for King in the North. I hope you have the worst week of your life. This podcast was mixed, produced, and edited by Thomas Duncan. It is a production of Ronnie Duncan Studios. Our technical provider and distributor is Anchor FM.